0: PlushCare.com slash we Hello
1: and
2: welcome to the latest episode of the Championship Roundtable. I'm your host, Jake Jackman, and you can reach us at the podcast by emailing us at championshiproundtable at gmail.com.
1: Hello, I'm Louis Shackshaft. I represent Sheffield Wednesday on the podcast. Um, I also represent Sheffield Wednesday for Shoot Football, and my Twitter handle is at Louis Shackshaw. Hi,
0: I'm Andy Buckley Taylor, representing Derby County on the podcast. My Twitter handle is at taylor 64 where there's also a link to my Derby County blog.
2: Uh, thanks so much for joining us today, guys. We'll start making around so each of us have a few minutes to discuss what's been happening at our clubs this week. We'll start with you, Louis. A narrow victory over Rotherham. Uh, you're moving yourself up to sixth place now. What were your thoughts on the weekend?
1: Um, a very strange one, actually. Uh, obviously, I'll, I'll go back up to Tuesday night uh, because we we played Barnsley then, um, and and we won two 0 because courtesy of an own goal and a Sam Hutchinson strike. Uh, we played okay on the night. Uh, Barnsley came at us a few times. Westwood had to make a couple of saves, decent stops. Um. At halftime, like it was pretty even. Um, after that, I think we pretty much dominated the game. Um, like I say, Hutchinson scored. He was probably the man of the match for me. As was Adam Reach, who had an outstanding performance. Barry Bannon was poor by his standards. Um, like I say, we we picked up a victory. Good to keep a clean sheet. And then going into Rotherham, like you mentioned, uh, it was the second South Yorkshire derby game in five days for us. Um I'll be completely honest it was one of the most tedious games of football I have seen um, Wednesday were on top for the first 20 minutes after that um, you know Rotherham seemed to just come to waste time put the ball out of play uh, they played very much on a few injuries that they had um, I mean Sheffield Wednesday throughout the game they were poor but Rotherham were even worse. They came at us with absolutely nothing. Once they got past the halfway line, they didn't seem to create anything whatsoever. Uh, but, you know, we we came away with a win. Uh, we scored in the 93rd minute, which is a penalty from Stephen Fletcher. Um, I mean, we we did edge the game, but like I say, but both teams were just very poor on the day. If if two teams could get zero points from a game, if that was capable, that both teams deserve that, to be honest. Um, but, you know, if if you can play bad and win, then I would take that every single week over the 46 games in, in, in the league table. Um, but, you know, another clean sheet, Two wins in two, so we've had a really good week. We've maintained that playoff spot, and it's it's a good job we did because everyone else around us won pretty much as well, um, except for um, Derby and Fulham, I believe, who drew. Um, so, yeah, you know, can't complain. Two in two. Um, it was just the performance what let us down on the day. Some fans were saying that we were going to run out four or five nil winners. I knew it wouldn't be the case. I knew Rotherham. We always struggle against them anyway, but even with them being 24th in the league, um, I knew they were just going to come and and they, they didn't really park the bus. It was more a case of just slow, poor performances where they just kind of kept ball in their own half, and it looked like they were just hoping for the nil-nil draw, and they very much nearly got that. Uh, but that's that's about it from Saturday. There weren't much more to talk about, to be honest. It, it was just a poor game but like I say glad we got the three
2: points just looking at your recent results you have won four of your last five games so I guess you're sort of starting to go on that run that you want to go on and the sort, same sort of run that Derby have been on as we'll go on to later uh the only concern for me is that you're not really killing games off is that a concern of yours and do you think you'll do anything in January to correct that
1: yeah it is definitely a concern uh like you say we we're, we're, we're creating chances Uh, we just need we we just not got that player at the minute where no one's taking the lead in in the the goal scoring front so like we've got three great strikers special championship strikers like in in Forestieri Hooper and and Fletcher and and they're all on I believe um, Forestieri and Fletcher on six goals and Hooper's on five and and we just don't have that player who's Who's going to play week in week out, and he should be on probably 10, 11 goals by now. And I think that that's all we're missing at this at this moment is a striker. What's going to hit top form? Uh, whether Forestier will do, will do that on return from suspension, I'm not sure yet because it, he showed signs of that before he got sent off. Um, but yeah, it is certainly a concern that when even when we are winning games, we're only winning by you you know maybe maybe the one goal. Um, and 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 our games this season have very much been like you say we, we've either been like one-one draws, one-nil losses, or one-nil wins. There's just something again, even though we are sat in a decent spot, there's just something you know we've we've probably hit eighty-five percent, but we've got another fifteen percent where we we reach our maximum, and uh, hopefully again I like I say always we, that we can kick on and get that. But um, when it comes to January. Maybe it's something we address. I'm not sure. I mean, for me, I'd like another centre-back. Um, just in case, like, Lees and Leuven do get injured or, or suspended, which, which often happens in, in this league. Um, but going forward, I, I know we've been linked with, with, and I hate to say it because we've been linked with him for about two and a half years, but Jordan Rhodes, whether that happens, I don't know. Yeah, he's a great player. I'd take him. But for me, if Jordan Rhodes were to come in, we'd have to send a couple of more, like Zhao or New Year out on loan. Um, but hopefully, get to New Year. We're in six and the the remaining half of the season we can we can just push on and, and manage to score maybe a couple or, or one or two more goals per month, if you like, just to try and push for that fourth and, and, and guarantee a playoff spot rather than being like on, on the border in sixth, seventh position.
2: Moving on to, you know, Andy, Derby had another good week under Stephen McLaren and you're moving just behind Sheffield Wednesday, just outside the playoff uh, places. You took four points against Fulham, one against Fulham at the weekend and you took three against QPR earlier in the week. What are your thoughts on Derby at the moment?
0: Uh, pretty good at the minute because after last weekend, we're, again, we secured the bragging rights in the East Midlands. A uh, bit of a smash and grab at QPR, but I think that's more down to the style of football that um, Ian Holloway plays. And it was nice to get one over on him because he's been pretty negative uh, about us as a pundit all season. Um, on to Saturday, the Fulham game. I I was actually on the show with Russ Goldman, who's, who's often on here discussing Fulham um, on Thursday night. And I actually called the result to all, and <laughs> he he uh, he reminded me of that. But uh, Fulham are riding high. I predicted pre-season they'd finished around about seventh. They're a good side. They play some nice football, attacking okay. football. And uh, I knew that we'd have a hard game. The first 15-20 minutes, they were on top. In the latter half of the first half, we we pushed on. Comments uh, took a goal well. Defensive error by a Fulham player, gifted the ball to Wintz, who uh, smashed it in. Fulham pulled one back just before the break. Second half, Fulham had the edge, as you would expect them to do so, being at home. And uh, they they went two, one ahead. But uh, fantastic for us to pull it back. And uh, snatching a point. And when you, when you're up this end of the table, and we was on a run, you know, uh, a run of winning games, and um, we, we still keep a run of unbeaten games. To go to somewhere like Fulham and come away with a point, that's exactly the sort of form that you need to make progress if you're, you know, to feature in the end of the season uh, playoffs. And I'm naturally delighted. They, they play. A similar foot that they remind us, but the in fact they remind me of how we played a couple of seasons ago, you know, when McLaren was last there. Um they're not quite as clinical as they should be up front. Maybe it was uh, because they were missing Chris Martin on Saturday. And they do leave the odd gap in defence, but overall they're a good side and they're they're gonna be up there at the end of the season uh with the likes of Derby and Sheffield Wednesday and maybe Leeds United, who, whoever is there. And uh, in my opinion, that was a very good point.
2: Yeah, I'd agree with you with that. Um, Fulham have been a very good team this season, especially at home. You thought they did to Redding a few weeks ago. So to go there and get a point is by no means a bad result. I just want to talk to you quickly about Tom Ince. You mentioned him there. Um, since McLaren's come back, he has been very good and he's scoring a lot of goals. Do you think that his improvement has been due to McLaren coming back and maybe his confidence has been you know, given back to him after Nigel Pearson?
0: Yes, because we're, we're, playing, uh, we're playing a different game now. Nigel Pearson assisted with the 4-4-2 formation and it just didn't work. McLaren's come back in, 4-3-3, hints in his role. He plays on the right, but he has got a bit of a licence to roam. He's been like a new signing. It's as if we've we've gone out and brought a new player in, and at the minute he can't stop her uh, scoring. But it's not just the goal; it, it's the uh, it's the manner of some of his goals. You know the, the skill that he's demonstrating while scoring. I don't know if you saw the uh, goal he saw, scored against Nottingham Forest, where he took it round three defenders and then poked it into the top corner. That is typical of how he is playing at the moment. He's on fire. And when Tom Ince scores, do you know, whenever he scored for Derby, we've never lost a game.
2: That is a good stat. So hopefully he keeps scoring for you and you can push up into those playoff places. But moving on to Newcastle now, we also had two games this week and we managed to get two wins, which was pleasing after such a bad week of a couple of weeks ago. It's good to see that our form is returned the two, the two games themselves were quite difficult. Uh, Wigan and Burton away may not seem like the most difficult of fixtures, but they play very different style to what we do. And they're the type of games that you know you can't really win at. You know, If you go there and you win, that's exactly what you're expected to do. If you go there and drop points, then it's sort of a little bit embarrassing considering their position in the table. And, and, and they were talking about the Burton game like it was the biggest make, uh, mismatch in, uh, in a league fixture in a long time. So it's that sort of talk that isn't great for for us and it gives us really nothing to gain. So it was pleasing that we went and got that result. But starting with Wigan as a televised fixture, um, Warren Joyce it, so it set up his play as well. They they restricted our chances and they were quite dangerous with some of their uh, balls into the box, especially from set pieces. Yannick Wilschert was, was very impressive on, on the left-hand side and he, he did well at the weekend. So that wasn't too surprising for me after seeing how he played against Newcastle. But, it, you know, we got the three points, Good to see modi army uh, Mo finally scoring in the league against his old club. That was, his, uh, that was the second time he scored against one of his old clubs for Newcastle, so hopefully we keep coming up against some of his, you know, the likes of Wigan and, and Hull and West Ham in, few, in years to come because he obviously likes to play against his old teams. And. You know, it was, it was a good performance, but it was nothing to you know get too excited about. It was just, a, it was just a solid away performance that we've come to expect from Rafa Benitez. And and after the game, it came out it was a, his 1,000th game in management, and he he didn't want to make a too big deal of that beforehand which sort of shows the type of character he is. He doesn't want to distract the players from what they're doing. He doesn't want to make it about him, which as some managers do like to do, especially in the Premier League, not naming any names, but there are some. So It's good to see that he's you know, fully focused on the team and wants the team to be playing well and doing his best for the club rather than making it about him. And it's not surprising, consider- uh, if you've you know, watched him throughout the years, he's a very, very nice man. So I'm glad to have him at Newcastle and it is a good achievement for him to get his foul from the game and especially to get it with a win. But then moving on to Burton, this was a very different game to Wigan. Uh, it was very direct. They were the second balls were very important. We didn't create too many chances, and, and sort of on the whole, if you watch the game, you'd think that maybe Burton deserved at least a point. So it was, it was pleasing that we managed to get the three because it was no, it was not an easy match. And, and if you've seen their games this season, they're not easy to beat, especially at home. So it was really important to get those three points, and it was. There was a good goal from Dwight Gale in there, taking his total up another one. So, you know, he's really going for that 20 goals. He could get there before the new year, which would be an amazing achievement if he did that. Because, you know, that was his target before the season started and and he's already nearly there. And I was a bit sceptical about him when he came in, but he's obviously proved me wrong and he scored a lot of goals. Hopefully he can continue doing that in the future for however long he stays at Newcastle because... You know, I think he does have a, a long-term future at the club. He He's he really surprised me, and I, it makes me realise how badly he was used at Crystal Palace. So, you know, we got the six points. Uh, top at Christmas, which is not a bad thing. Normally, the team top at Christmas does go up, and that's our aim. Uh, nine points clear of third place, and, and that's the main aim to be promoted. Although it would be nice to win the league, it, it's, it, it's not our main aim. We need to be in those top two, and I think we are probably going to be there. So that's pleasing. Brighton don't seem to want to go away. They're chasing us all the way. They came back against Birmingham in quite some you know, incredible fashion. So they're not going to go away. And it was just pleasing that we got the three points, and hopefully we can continue to do that and build a lead over the coming weeks. But just moving into the topics for today now. To start off with, I want to talk to you about Gary Rowett, because obviously he's been taking the headlines this week with Birmingham's shock decision to replace him with Gianfranco Zola. just want to know what your guys' thoughts were on that, and where you think he and Birmingham will go from here. We'll start with you, Louis.
1: Uh, initially, I, I was shocked, as shocked as anyone, you know, when when Rowett was sacked from the club. Um, it came as a complete and big surprise. And... Um, I know when he was sacked, Zola's appointment was already in place, it seemed, because didn't they replace him on the same day? So, you know, something something's obviously been going on there and it's it's been in the pipeline probably for a few weeks. Um, looking at Rowick's reign as Birmingham manager this season, again, another reason why it was surprising is because there were only a, a point or two off the playoff spots, which is at this stage for Birmingham really an overachievement because I know like last season there were very much fighting against relegation and, and only just avoided that. Um, so, yeah, just, you know, a, a complete surprise. Um, regarding Rauert, he's, he's done himself a favour, whether he's at Birmingham or not, you know, he's, he's only going to get snapped up by another club. Um, I know, I mean, may, when, when it gets to January, m- many clubs dismiss their managers when they've assessed their season, whether, you know, they're, they're disappointed or where they, sh- where they shouldn't be at in the league. And there are a few places... Below, I only expect managers to get sacked come January, um, as normal. So I'm sure rowett will be one of one of the favourites to take many clubs, and he, he's done himself a favour in the fact that he's, he's he's proven himself as a decent championship manager now. And you know, there's there's Blackburn and Ipswich and and even Norwich at the minute who are in decline, who who may be looking at managers in 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 January. And I also know, like Wagner at Huddersfield's been linked with Wolfsburg. Whether, whether that's something what Crops up and, and it gets an opportunity at Huddersfield in the next few weeks. Only time will tell. Um, but but regarding Birmingham from here, what they do, you know, it's big question marks. I mean, they're obviously looking to progress under Zola, uh, but I can only see them stagnating for a while this season until Zola implements his own ideas. Um, so they'll probably finish somewhere, you know, between between tenth and and twelfth and in the league. Um and then they're probably looking to kick on next season. I think I think the what, what what the chairman's done there is is put all his focus on next season rather than trying to push for the playoffs this season. It just seems a bit if, if they were looking to do that, why didn't they keep Rowett? you know, I, I, they're looking at the long term future maybe, but I know other people are gonna have different opinions on this. But yeah, ultimately just completely shocked by his dismissal. But He'll, he'll definitely find a job elsewhere.
2: Yeah, I think my thoughts are very similar. I was surprised when I heard the news because they've been doing well this season. They're only a few points off third and, and considering the squad they have, they, they shouldn't really be challenging that high. There's a lot of better teams than them. So he was definitely overachieving with what he had. But from what I've read, it seems that the, the owners want to spend money in January. They've got quite a lot of money. These, the new owners have come in and, and they're happy to back the manager. And it, maybe if they weren't convinced on Rowett and they're not prepared to give them those funds, it's fair enough because he wasn't their man. He was there when he jo- uh, they joined. So it's quite often that this this does happen in football when new owners come in and make that change. So, it, you know, it's a big risk from them. And it, it's going to be interesting to see whether it pays off. You know, if, if Zola does well, then you have to, you know, credit them for it. Maybe it wasn't... May, it, you know, you can't say that Gary Rowett wouldn't have done the same thing, but you know, they've decided to make that change, and they're more confident in Zola, so that's fair enough. But for Rowett, I think it's done him a huge favour in the long run because he's he's yet to have a massive failure in his managerial career. He did well at Burton, he did well at Bur- uh, Birmingham. So you know, he's going to have a lot of offers, uh, and he's one of the you know more promising English coaches. I know Derby were interested before they got Steve McClaren. I'm sure Huddersfield will be interested if they do have to replace Wagner, and I think that Rowett is one of the few managers could go into that Huddersfield job and get the fans side uh, after Wagner so it'd be interesting to see if that anything comes of that and there's even Premier League clubs that could be interested you know you look at Swansea Bob Bradley's not convinced he, he could possibly go in there and maybe look at for the long term even if they do get relegated go you know put their faith in Rowett to rebuild things so it'd be really interesting to see where he does end up what are your thoughts on it Andy similar to mine and Louise?
0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Yeah, yeah, uh, pretty much the same, to be quite honest. I know when you um, spoke to me when Steve McLaren had been reappointed by Derby, my my actual preference at the time was for Gary Rowett, and there was a lot of rumors about the time that Gary Rowett was on the list, but. Uh, allegedly a compensation package couldn't be agreed with Birmingham. Um, I, I was gobsmacked that, uh, they fired him when he, when he took over, they were sinking faster than the Titanic. And, uh, he's, he's lifted them up there, spending very little money in comparison with the other sides that, you know, are up at the top of the table. And, uh, the current success at Burton Albion, the, uh, the actual, uh, foundations for that, in my opinion, were laid by Gary Rowett. I know that, uh, he, he wasn't the, uh, manager that actually took them up, but, uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank was, but a, a lot of the, the good groundwork had been done by Gary Rowett after a few years of stagnation under Paul Pesky Solido. So, uh, I, th- I think it won't be long before the guy's back in work as well. And you've mentioned Norwich. Uh, there would be a possible opening there, possible opening at Huddersfield Town as well. The one place I'm hoping that he doesn't go. You know what I'm going to say, guys, don't you? But um, I don't want him to end up, end up at Nottingham Forest. Um, I think they, once they've got their new owners in situ, will possibly look, looking for a new manager. And I never like to see former Rams uh, go across uh, the A52 to Forest, But uh, like like we say, he's he's not going to be out of work long. Um, He he has been hard done by. And I I actually think that this decision might come back to Haunt Birmingham in the not-too-distant future as well.
2: It will be interesting to see what happens over the next few weeks because his availability could uh, lead to some clubs in the Championship thinking about their own manager. He's not going to be available for months and months, he's definitely going to get back into work this season. So it could force another another club to make that decision, whereas they might have given their manager time before. But moving on to the second topic, after Dwight Gale and Glenn Murray both scored again this weekend, I want to talk about goal scorers in the championship and how important they are because pre-season... Uh, I was listening to Benitez a lot. Who had obviously done a lot of studying about the championship, reading up on stats and things like that. And he was talking about how it is more important to have a good defence than a than a goal scorer. But if you look at the table, the two top goal scorers are playing for the teams that are in the top two. So, do you think that a goal scorer is important in the championship? And do you think that the reason Newcastle and um, Brighton are in the top two is because of those two players?
1: Yeah, I definitely think so. Um, it's it's funny because the championship, you can look at probably around 18 teams in the championship and they're probably all as good as each other. And a striker, you know, a, a very good striker is absolutely vital to achieve anything in this league or, or any league, really, whether it's promotion, a playoff spot or even avoiding relegation. Um, and, and you look at Dwight Gale and, and Murray and, I'm sure, like you said, Jake, that they're the top two in the league and they're the top two goal scorers in the league also. And, you know, it's that for a reason. And, and I'm sure Newcastle and Brighton would probably be hovering somewhere between, you know, third and sixth probably. Because they've got decent teams, but without that proven vital goal scorer what's already on, you know, 15, 16, 17 goals this season that's what's given that uplift and like you said the the Newcastle and and nine points clear off third and and it is that you know you know they're worth the weight in gold completely and and you look at you look at team like Burnley last season who ended up going up they had Andre Gray who scored 25 goals, Hull had Hernandez, Uh, you even look at such as like Leicester City last season who I know it's the Premier League but they had Vardy and yeah they had a, a decent little team but without a player who's going to score you 25 goals in a season, you can finish anywhere between 4th and 20th. You really can. Um, and if you've got that player what's on form, and Newcastle have got Gale and, and Brighton and Murray at the minute, You know, if they continue to score 25, 30 goals this season, then there's, there's there's no reason why they'll both be finishing first and second in the league. And and the league table doesn't lie, but you know, the goal scorers that they've got, that's what's definitely putting them there like you mentioned Benita said it's good to have a decent defense yeah you can have a decent defense you can have an average defense but if you're going to if you've got a player what's going to score a goal every you know one and a half games let's say um you know you- you're on to a winner completely
2: yeah I'll just, just give you some stats on Dwight Gale though I haven't looked into Morrie but the it- the Gale ones are quite interesting. He scored a goal every 85 minutes in the league this season, which is an extraordinary strike rate. So if he played every minute of a championship this season, he would score over 40 goals, which is, which is an extraordinary strike rate for a player that hasn't been playing a lot in past seasons. So he, he's obviously got ability and now he's getting to show that. Um, but then, you, you you know, there has been times in the past when teams have been promoted with with a top score of 11 or 12. I think Cardiff did it when they went up to the Premier League. Other teams have done it as well. Um, and you look at Ross McCormack's career, he, he's been sold for big money to to Fulham and now to Aston Villa. And he's not really helped either side get promoted. So it's interesting to see, you know, the, the other sides to this. Uh, Villa in particular spent a lot of money on strikers this season and, and they're not in the playoffs. And I think there are a few points off it. So what are your thoughts on it, Andy? Do you think a goal scorer is important or do you think that it maybe the goal scorer is important, but it is, you also have to have a good team to go alongside it?
0: Well, as to what's the most important, the tight defence or a prolific goal scorer, I think you're looking somewhere in between. Um you could easily get top two in this division. Um with a with a striker who gets you fifteen goals a season. Um I know it's preferable to have one that will bang in twenty to twenty five goals, but if you've got two if you got um two that will get you 12 to 15 goals, you know, it can be just as good. Um, Defences, I see, I'm a firm believer in build from the back. If you're not letting any goals in, you can't lose. And, yeah, although it's important to score the goals, you know, it it really doesn't bother me if we're winning 4-0 or 1-0. The first thing above all is it's a results business and uh, getting the points, but you know, I mean, both sides of the arguments got merit, hasn't it? Hasn't it? You know, there's not a there's not a a, a right answer or a wrong answer. Um, Newcastle uh, obviously got Dwight Gale, who's knocking them in. Um, they haven't got a bad defence, you know. So <laughs> it, it's it's one of those uh, sort of questions where, yeah, it's the It's more attractive to the fan if you're scoring loads of goals. But I wouldn't underestimate the the need for a tight defence as well.
2: No, I'd agree. I th- I think a strong defence is more important than a goal scorer. I, th- I think if you look at a clean sheet, it's worth 1.5 goals, I think studies have shown. So you only need to get that one goal if, if you're keeping clean sheets. And you can get that from a set piece, from a defender, a a, a shot from rain, just crappy goal. You know, one goal, it, you could get it from anywhere. So as as great as to have a goal scorer that's putting the ball in the net, just to take the pressure off, a, a strong defence, I think, I think it's more important. But just moving back to the weekend's fixtures for player watch. Which player impressed in your most recent fixture and who disappointed? As we played two this week, you know, you can sort of look over the whole week and if someone impressed in both games, mention them. But we'll start with you, Louis.
1: Uh, It's a good job I can do that because Saturday no one really stood out. (laughs) So, um, I mean, basically looking over the Rotherham and and the Barnsley games, Hutchinson, you know, he's had better games than he did against Rotherham, but it was absolutely fantastic against Barnsley. He didn't put a foot wrong in either game, really. Um, he managed to score the goal, so for me, it's got to go to Sam Hutchinson uh, over the course of the last week or so. Um, I'm going to have a uh, give a special mention to Kieran Westwood, though he, he has kept two clean sheets. Although he didn't have to do a lot on Saturday against Rotherham, uh, he's, he's uh, kept 38 clean sheets, and that was his 100th appearance on Saturday. So that is like that's that's quite phenomenal actually to keep that you know a 38% clean sheet. Uh, ratio for a goalkeeper is uh, is really good, uh, but you know, dis- disappointing. Uh, the team collectively disappointed against Rotherham. Uh, they just didn't have, you know, we, we we played okay, but we just didn't have that cutting edge anywhere in 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 any part of the field throughout the game. Um, you know, we, we did decent against Barnsley, spe- especially second half. Um, so dis- disappointing for me. I'm not gonna particularly pick out a player what was disappointing on the day because generally most players got probably about a 6 6.5 out of 10 against Rotherham uh, but the disappointing thing for me on Saturday was that Alman Abdi went off injured um, he's been out of the team for probably six seven eight weeks now and um, Carlos left him out saying he needed to build his confidence he needed to, he needed to build his strength he came into the team again on Saturday. Um, it was much talked about before the game amongst the fans. How would he fare? You know, we we're still looking for this player. What we've paid four million pounds for to get off the mark and really kick on and and see what he can actually do because he, he's had a great few years at Watford and we've just not seen any of the sort of talent that we've we've you know been. T- Seen at Watford and, and talked about, and after about twenty minutes, he's he's gone off injured again with a, a shoulder injury. So that's something what's, that was disappointing for me. He had a couple of good touches, um, he, he took corners, and, and they were half decent. So for me, that was the most disappointing thing that we we didn't get to see him play a full ninety minutes, and and God knows when he's he's going to return.
2: Yeah, the same question to you, Andy. Another good week for Derby, but who impressed and did anyone disappoint?
0: Well, I think Tom Ince has been promoted enough so far. So, I'm going to go to a player whose praises all the Derby fans have been singing uh, since he came into the side. And that's Alex Pierce. I think I've mentioned to you before, he didn't get a look in last season after we'd signed in from Reading on a free transfer. Since coming in and replacing an injured Jason Shackle, he's held his own, uh, reading the game very well, putting the tackles in. Not many mistakes. you know, a little bit at fault for Fulham's second goal on Saturday, but all all defenders make errors. and when you're coming under the cosh, you know as as we were at that particular part of the game, Fulham were putting the pressure on, an error is gonna creep in every now and then. But uh, he more than made up for that towards the end of the game um, when we won a corner and uh, he headed the goal, which uh, saved us a point. Disappointing players. Really, to be quite honest, in recent weeks, it's been very, very difficult to, uh, to think of a player for this. Um, even the players that weren't playing so well prior to M- McLaren's return, they're all putting shifts in. And to, to be honest, guys, <laughs> I can't answer the question because they're all just playing swell at the moment.
2: Fair enough. I think I'm going to have a similar answer to this one as well. Because the-, the thing with Newcastle at the moment is that there are a few players standing out. Of course, there always will be people scoring goals, You know, people doing well at the back, organising... But the thing that Benitez has done is improved every player to an extent that they're no longer seen as the weakest link. The best example of this would be Paul Dummett, where before he's sort of been a bit of a liability. He's been uh, teams have targeted him and he struggled at left back. But Benitez, he's been the most improved player under Benitez, and he just does does his job exactly how how he he wants to do it. He he, he takes no risks. He gets forward. He contributes. And teams are not getting that much luck down the side anymore. So Benitez is improving every player. And it's, it's sort of like a team performance, as as I imagine it is with Derby, whereas the team is playing well. And there's you know a couple of players standing out. But as, as a whole, you can't pick out a weak link. So it's similar for me on that front. But in terms of people that have impressed, it's obvious to say Dwight Gale, he got another goal. But Mo Diarme again, he, he struggled when he came in. But this week, he got two goals, two very similar goals. And it sort of showed the power he has from, from centre midfield. He can burst past players and, and he's a good finisher. And when he's on his game, he, he can dominate matches in this league. He came in as a replacement for Musa Sissoko, a very similar player. But I think with Diame, he's a little bit more hard-working. He offers a bit more to the team overall. And I think he's he's definitely been an improvement on Sissoko, as, as crazy as that sounds. So, um, yeah, I'd say him. Um, But just moving on to match previews now, we've got games on Boxing Day. So, uh, we'll start with your game, Andy. You've got a home game against Gianfranco's uh, Birmingham City. How do you think that one's going to go?
0: Well, yeah, it's a day after Boxing Day, uh, our game is. Um, yeah, Zola, newly in. If he's going to be a success as a Birmingham manager, you're better off playing him early. Um, I'm actually, in in one way, um, looking at... Looking at it from a selfish point of view, I'm grateful that we're not uh, facing the Gary Rowett side because uh, last season he did his homework and you know he's a, he, he's a great tactician and uh, they stuffed us 3-0. Uh, new manager in, won't have had time to bring in the players uh, that he, he wants to bring in because I assume the new owners are going to give him um, money to spend. I quite fancy her chances, to be quite honest. I can see a good couple of goals, a victory by a couple of goals, maybe 2-0, 3-1. I'm pretty confident. The lads are pulling the weight. They're all putting a shift in. Um, they're, they're, They're all in sync with each other. Birmingham City lost the other day, albeit right at the death. Yeah, I think I think I think it's all pointing pretty well to uh, a derby win. I'm cautiously optimistic, shall I say?
2: Yeah, I think I'd agree with that. The one thought I would have were Birmingham under Zola. I saw their game against Brighton and I was very impressed in the improvement they made in attack. They seemed a lot more threatening than they were under Rowett. So it could be that they come out at Derby a bit more, which I guess would suit your suit your style uh, because, you know, they'd leave holes at the back and Derby have players that can sort of take advantage of that. So I think it's not the best game for Zola in, in the sort of style he's trying to bring in because I think Derby are going to be too strong uh, and, and take advantage of the gaps that are left. So I, I, I'd agree with you that I think Derby Probably will win that one but moving on to the other game we're going to preview today um newcastle are hosting sheffield wednesday on boxing day it's on tv that uh, the cameras will be there an evening kickoff so you know it's going to be a great one for uh, both sets of fans how do you we'll start with you louis you, you can talk us through this one first how do you think this one's gonna go um most of all, I'm just looking forward to it. What what a game
1: to have on Boxing Day, you know, for for, for a Wednesday fan, a trip to Newcastle. It's 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 the a toughest game of the season as such for us. So it's going to be very interesting to see how we fare against you boys, who are you know top of the league. Um, but like I say, just most of all, looking forward to it. Boxing Day, you know, it's on TV, a couple of beers, and. It's it's going to be very very tough, you know. I mean, there's there's a, there's a few things in our favour that we've we've got Forestieri returning from suspension, um, but I mean, I'd I'd be happy taking absolutely anything from the game. I'd, I'd take a nil nil right now, you know. I'm I'm going into the game, you know. I'm I'm sure Wednesday are going into the game, and most fans are. It's it's one of them games where you expect to lose, and if if we do get anything from it, then you know I'll, I'll be more than happy. Anything more than a defeat, and I'll quite gladly take that as a belated Christmas present. Um, it's because it's it's just going to be so so difficult. I mean, the, the the goals what Newcastle score at home, like you say, we've talked about Dwight Gale quite often on this podcast tonight, and and he's obviously just going to pose a threat, and and not only him, the players that you have got, you've still got that. Premier League, touch of class as such, and and we we are going to find it difficult. But but then on the positive side, we have got players uh, on 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 the other hand where they're capable of winning a game single-handedly. You know, like I mentioned, we have got Fletcher, we have got players like uh, Forestieri and and Bannon and Adam Reach, and and defensively we've done really well over the last you know few weeks. We've only conceded one goal in three games, and and if if we can you know. Shut up shop as you like, even though we don't tend to play that style of football. If if we can keep you to probably like you know one goal maximum, we we could come away with something. It's a game of football; you never know. It, it could go any way. But like I say, I am expecting to lose. If I if 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 I was gonna pick a score prediction, I would actually say Newcastle are gonna win this two 0 Um, but I would, like I say, I'd, I'd snap your hand off if if it was nil nil right now. Uh, we've, I know I know Newcastle have got a bit of a curse with Sunderland, who they've not beaten in about nine games. And we have got a few former Sunderland players on our books, and we have got one current Sunderland player, so I'm sure they'll all be looking to haunt you. We've got Kieran Westwood, who's obviously in goal. Um, we've got Ross Wallace, Stephen Fletcher, and current Sunderland player Will Buckley. So I'm sure they'll all be looking to impress against their current and former rivals. Um, and 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 you know what we we went to Newcastle and know it was a completely different kettle of fish because it was last season and Newcastle were struggling with relegation and it was in the League Cup but we went we went there and won one nil uh, one one nil last September um, so if if we can replicate anything like that again then you know I'd I'd be over the moon but like I say it's a game I'm I'm going into and. I'm expecting a defeat and a loss, but it's going to be very, very interesting to watch, especially on TV, how we do fare against, you know, the big boys in the league, and it's it's going to be a tough, tough test for us guys. Um, but more than more than anything, I'm I'm, I'm just looking, I'm really just looking forward to this one. It couldn't have couldn't have had a better game on Boxing Day, really. It's going to be uh, it's it's one I've been waiting for for a couple of months now, and uh, it's going to be. Uh, interesting to see how this one pans out
2: well thanks for reminding me about our our record against Sunderland I've done all I can to forget about that we're not in the same league as them but it it crops up again so um thanks for that but I'll I'll give you a couple of reasons why I think you should be optimistic about this one firstly it's a home game and, and most of our defeats have come at home this season so you know teams have come there and if you can keep you know keep a clean sheet for the first half and sort of keep the pressure on it the crowd do get a bit restless even the case under benitez and it's you can it's possible to get a win wolves did it blackburn did it huddersfield did it it's not impossible you know you can come to St james park and get a win and i think that we are a lot more you know it's difficult to say but i think we're a lot more open at home and, and that gives teams a chance to counter and if you play if you come with the right strategy you know if uh, Howe comes with the right tactics and, and he's watching Newcastle's home games. There's a chance you can get something. And from what I've seen of uh, Wednesday, you've got a very solid team and you can keep things tight. And that, that's one of the reasons why you're in the playoffs, despite maybe not having a player the scoring goal. So it's possible. And I, I, for that reason, I'm slightly fearful on this one. And another reason why it could be a good one is the, the John Joe Shelby hearing was today. And although that outcome hasn't come out at the time of recording, it, the, the local media expect him to get a ban, a minimum a minimum of five-match ban, so he's going to be missing. And he is our main creative outlet, so without him on the team, I'm not sure how we're going to create chances. Um, I don't know who can come in and fill that void in the midfield. People have talked about Richie dropping back into central midfield, but I've never seen him play there, so I can't comment on that. It's possible Diame could but he doesn't have the same passing range that Shelby has. And, you know, Colback could come in, but again, Colback's a bit of a a jack-of-all-trades. He's good at... works hard, he's a good tackler, he can pass the ball, but he's not excellent at any one of those things. So it'll be interesting to see what Benitez does if Shelby is banned I expect us to go into the transfer market and and get somebody to cover that role for when he's he's banned or, you know, for future times when he's out injured or things like that because it is one of the weaknesses in our squad and Wednesday could be the first team to come up against the side without John John Joe Shelby in it. So I'll be interested to see how that goes but you know we do have a, a manager that I'm sure knows more than I do about the squad in fact he definitely does he's a he's a legend of the game he knows what he's doing he knows exactly how to get around that problem we've had a lot of time to plan for it we've sort of known it has been possible for a long time so I'm sure he has an idea of how he's going to go about that so it's interesting to see what he does whether he changes formation and maybe goes with two up front which has been talked about you know Mitrovic hasn't been playing recently and although we talked about Gail earlier, you know we've got players that can come in and do a similar sort of job in in Mitrovic and Murphy. So it'd be interesting to see what he does. I'm gonna predict. I don't know. I can see see this one being a draw. I'll go one all. I'm gonna give you that. Give you that draw. I, I think Wednesday are a very good team, and I, I think they're gonna come and do something. So yeah, I'll go for a draw.
1: I could I could see it being a draw also. Like I say, that's that's the optimistic me is I'd take a draw right now. Um, like I say, if I just continue to expect the defeat. But I think it's it's got the making of a bit like a Boxing Day classic in the Championship, if you like. You know, it's it's a late kickoff uh, Boxing Day, so it's a bit of a funny day anyway in the year. And, and both teams have had like eight, nine days to, to rest. So it could be a bit of an all-guns-blazing, any team could win this one. Um, and I know Newcastle are going to be favourites, and, and quite rightly so. Um, but you know, like I said earlier, it's football and anything could happen. I'd take a, an own goal or a penalty on, you know, <laughs> to, to, to get the victory for Wednesday. So it's 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 going to be yeah, it's going to be a great game. And like I say, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, it's 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 a game where I'm I'm just going to watch closely to see how, like I say, we, we fare against the best team in the league.
2: Yeah, just quickly before we wrap up, what are your thoughts on the game, Andy? Me and Louis have just spoken about it at some length. How do you see this one going?
0: Tough one, isn't it? Depends on which Christmas put in the region. I actually uh, think Newcastle will edge it. I think it'll be a tight game, but uh, I don't know. Uh, there seems to be no stopping them. I know they've lost most of their defeats, have come at home, but I think what Sheffield Wednesday, as soon as January gets here, they'll they'll breathe a sigh a relief um so they can had a add a striker up front. Jordan Rhodes has been mentioned because the, the the one area that they seem to be lacking at the moment is up front. And I, I understand they've got a, a few strikers out on the injury
1: list at the moment, is that right? Yeah, so Hooper's out until January. I'm not sure when he's returning, but he's he's definitely missed a good chunk of games, you know, over it probably is going to miss six, seven games in total, and and for me, Hooper's that player who is probably our most, um, how can I put it, uh, natural striker. Where if you give him a couple of opportunities, he, he will find the net on one of those occasions. Whereas Fletcher's a type of player who. Is 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 a bit more of an all an all round striker who holds up play, you know, can head the ball, get you know get get tackles in also, and then and then you all know what Forestier is about. He's more grit and determination, determination, you know, closing down defender type of striker. So yeah, we've we've got, we've got a decent bunch, but I just wish one of them had you know take the lead on the goals in front at the minute, because um, you know we've we've had Zhao and Niu playing recently and. And you know that they've both got the critics. And as much as I'm not going to slag either player off, because they've come in and they've done okay, that they're not they're not the type of player what's going to score you, you know, even even ten goals plus a season to get us in the position where we need to be.
2: That does seem a good point to leave it. So with that, uh, if you want to tell people where they can reach you and anything you're involved in, that would be a good time.
1: So I'm Louis Shackshaft. you can catch me on Twitter, on my Twitter handle, which is just my name, at Louis Shackshaft. I write for Shoot Football, I represent Sheffield Wednesday as I do on the podcast, um, I've actually got an article coming out uh, later this week, which is five reasons why Sheffield Wednesday can beat Newcastle on Boxing Day, um, and we've covered a couple of them already, uh, but yeah, if you want to tweet me, uh, just uh, tweet me anytime at my Twitter handle.
0: I'm Andy Buckley-Taylor representing Derby County on the podcast. You can catch me on social media at Twitter with my handle at BuckTaylor64 and on there's a link to my blog all about the delightful Derby County.
2: Yeah, and my personal Twitter is at Jake Jack with two N's. I right, for so EPL Index and the Boot Room, so check both of them out. And also, Louis also has a piece coming up on the Newcastle 360 website, which I'm involved in occasionally so check that out see his thoughts on the game i've heard that's a good read um but yeah with that you know we're gonna wrap up before christmas we'll be back on boxing day with another show hopefully um so have a good christmas everyone and we hope you keep listening planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince